along with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the
with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolak, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me all the way across the pond in the land of the Red Dragon is the most honorable ghost hunter I know, Stephen Parsons. Hey, can we just... Cut to because we're like twenty minutes late now. So uh... no, we're not. We're right on time. Oh, are we? All right then. And uh, joining us <laughs> all the way from the U.S. is the blonde bombshell herself and my co-host from Ghost Chronicles: Next Generation, Ann Kerrigan. Yay, class! Well, hello everybody. <laughs> it's nice to finally hear your voices. Excuse me. <laughs> nice to get some class on the show. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we we thought you know about I forget how many weeks ago was it two or three weeks ago uh, when you couldn't do the show and Steve yes. volunteered and we were going to talk about cemeteries and then it ended up to be a woman haters uh, club instead with uh, Stephen Scott and, and Steve and myself. So uh, we decided to move that show. To... I'm not taking the rap for that one. Don't you remember that? For... Did you ever see no, Spanky? No, it wasn't me. Spanky and my gang? Don't you remember they no. had the women's, women's haters club? Women's no, haters club? Is that what just, happens? Wow. Just, just you and Mr. Scott had nothing to do with me. I was, I was coerced. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that's what I heard. <laughs> if, if you actually, you know, that show is on uh, iTunes and on Tojinet. So if you want to believe that or don't want to believe it, you can check it out for yourself. And Ooh, wow. I'm going to have to go listen to that and see, uh, see, listen for myself. Ben, uh, if you're listening, can you delete that podcast? <laughs> no, she can't. <laughs> Lucky, I I own the keys to the kingdom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I can't delete it from my end. Sorry, Steve. You're, so, you're, any, you're hung. <laughs> anyways, we were going to do some, we were going to do cemeteries that night, and one of the things that why we were going to do it is because there was a little bit of 
controversy because uh, most people didn't know the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard. They ah. thought they were interchangeable. So that's what it started at all. So who wants to handle the, what's the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard? I think our expert should handle that one. She trips over in enough of them. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, the dis- difference, uh, I believe, between a cemetery and a graveyard is that a graveyard originally was adjacent to the church. It was in, well, in the very beginning, it was under the church, but then it got moved outside, you know, to the yard next to the church. But then as they started to run out of room and people in the towns didn't want to see um, the graves, it was moved away and moved out, it became our, our modern cemeteries, which were not always next to, immediately next to the church or the meeting house. Usually it was the meeting house. Um, so that's the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard. Steve, will you agree with that? Uh, it sounds eminently, yeah. Uh, I can't find anything to disagree, except over here. Um, I, I think, yeah, we would say that uh, a graveyard is always next to a church. Mm-hmm. But a cemetery doesn't have to be. Correct, right. Um, but we do have chapels um, and sometimes churches in cemeteries. That's true. So, uh, but you never get a graveyard without a church. That's correct. So, <laughs> so Anne, you have been doing this thing called cemetery tripping for a long, long time. You were, you're the one that introduced me to it and dragged me to many of these <laughs> Dead places. Oh, dra- and, uh, now I'm so, dragging you. All right. Uh, where, you know, if people wanted to find out more about cemetery tripping and some of the work you do, where could they do that? I am on Facebook and just do a search for cemetery tripping. And uh, that's pretty much it. I don't have a website. I should have a website, but it's just one of those one more thing I have to do. Uh, <laughs> so for right now, I am just on Facebook. Excellent. So, you know, Steve, uh, is that something you would do, go cemetery tripping, or is or they don't do that in the England at all? Oh uh, uh, Yeah, uh, we don't call it that. Uh, Anne and I have been, Anne Winsper and I, not Anne Kerrigan and I, unfortunately, <laughs> because Anne Kerrigan lives too far away, but Anne Winsper and I have... Hey, we each have an Anne. I just thought uh, of that. Yeah, uh, a pet <laughs> Anne. A pet Anne. Oh, no, it's not gentlemen's. It's not that to go again, is it? Uh, <laughs> but no, um, as long as I've known Anne Winsper, uh, that's 25 years, uh, we've regularly gone out visiting uh, cemeteries and graveyards um, for reasons of exploration, haunting, uh, research. So, yeah, we, we and Anne herself, Anne Winsper, um, has her own uh, webpage that's uh, that she dedicates to photographs of cemeteries and graveyards. Nice. What is that? So, I I don't know the link. Oh, <laughs> oh good no. job, Steve. Good job. But but I'll put I'll make sure it's up before we uh, we finish the day. Yeah, put up on a page later, and I'll, I'd love to check it out. So yeah, now, we, we regularly go exploring. Have you ever thought of invest, investigating in the graveyard, uh, Steve? 
well, we do have haunted graveyards and cemeteries here in the UK, and we have visited one or two, uh, but not in relation to the ghosts. Uh, our most recent, in fact, Anne on her Facebook page posted a photograph of a lady called Teresa Higginson's grave, um, which is in the, the churchyard at a, Catholic, a small Catholic church uh, upon the banks of the River Dee in Cheshire. Uh, and since... Uh, <laughs> Teresa Higginson, who is on her way to becoming a saint, um, although not quite as fast-tracked as Mother Teresa, mm. uh, um, we regularly visited a grave, which was a re- um, because we were re- uh, investigating reports of miracles that were attached to her, and some paranormal events that took place in the churchyard uh, related to her grave. And in fact, Anne the other day posted she'd revisited the site uh, earlier, I think on Monday of this week, uh, and had posted a picture onto my Facebook page um, as a sort of reminder um, of of our visits, many, many visits there. So is that common in the the UK? Do they investigate cemeteries? Um, Well, we have some notable haunted cemeteries uh yeah but do teams actually go investigate them is what i'm uh yes they do uh yes they do uh although it's it's an occasional pursuit rather than a regular thing um i think there are sensitivities involved and and also the church itself and the the church the, the the cemetery wardens tend to uh look upon it as an activity that ends up in the police being called <laughs> uh, but but certainly yes um investigations have been carried out by teams by investigators within the uk most notably of course i think of borley uh borley uh, borley church in essex uh, which is adjacent to Borley, the former site of Borley Rectory, which does become problematical in July each year because uh, the place is descended upon, uh, July the 28th being the anniversary of the famous uh, sighting of the nun, the spectral nun, Mary La. And uh, the, the churchyard has a police protection applied to it because it is a very very popular sort of uh, attraction mm-hmm. ah. I know that when uh, Maureen and I went to uh, Madison, Georgia to uh, sign with our book agent we uh, were able to, well as part of our thing we, we wanted to, to investigate this uh, cemetery there because there was supposedly the spirit of a civil war southerner who called himself General Beauregard and uh, for some reason didn't like me. But uh, anyways, we we ended up going to the cemetery. Yeah, I can't either. So we ended up going going to the cemetery, and uh, we had a police escort that night. We had uh, the entire police force from the, the town, all two of them. Uh, but but the, the police actually, while we were doing our investigation, they asked us to go to another part of the cemetery and, and check out a couple of graves for them. And it was actually two uh, police officers who died in the, the line of duty. So it was kind of interesting where, you know, we were in, in the south in Georgia and we had uh, some policemen actually asking us to check out a cemetery for them. So that was, that was kind of interesting in itself. Uh- 
I think Anne would love to come over to the UK because uh, with her with her interest and passion in cemetery tripping, it's uh, we. we I, I think you might be a little overwhelmed by the the churchyards that we have here. Um, oh. You know, we we yeah. Um, I, I noticed when I was in the states that seventeenth century churchyards and cemeteries tend to be revered somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't necessarily the case over here because of, obviously we have uh, older churches and, and therefore older churchyards. Right. I know. Uh, I, I, I would be. And we have. You would, I think you would enjoy it, but I think we have. We have some, and I noticed you posted a few. Uh, we have some really cool uh, headstones. Uh, one in particular that stands out is one of the most famous uh, churchyards or kirkyards because it's in Edinburgh, in Scotland, um, and that's the site of the Covenanters' prison, um, and also the site of the famous uh, wee wee scabby dog. I can't remember his name now. Um, oh, come on, Grey Fries Bobby. Begins with an M, right? Yeah, no, it's Greyfriars Bobby, you know, the famous Disney star dog. Um, yeah, the dog, right. It begins with an M, I well, think. Uh, the dog. No, it's Bobby. So that's why it's called Greyfriars Bobby. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the clue is in the, the title. Um, the... <laughs> On the uh, around the set, the, the 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 churchyard, which dates way back to around about fourteen hundred, uh, there's a there's a, a a stone on the wall commemorating a gentleman who died in the nineteenth eighteenth uh, century, whose name was Wardrobe. 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 That was that was his Christian name. His name was Wardrobe Brown, oh. as it as in the the item of furniture. Oh. Huh. It's <laughs> always amused me. That was also the cemetery in which J.K. Rowling um, uh, visited many times, writing the Harry Potter books um, while she was there. But it's it's most famous for for the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Uh, you asked before about haunted cemeteries and churchyards, and the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Um, if people want to Google the Mackenzie Poltergeist, was oh, you could go the, in my book goes to goes today and read it in there. Or you could go to Ron's book, The Ghost of the Day. Uh, I think there are three copies in existence now. Um, and, and you could read it there if you can find a copy. Um, the Mackenzie Poltergeist... Right on my bookshelf here. <laughs> I've, I've been fortunate to spend uh, four or five overnights at, um, at Greyfriars Churchyard and the Covenanters' Prison, which the reason it's called the Covenanters' Prison, it, it's actually uh, an area, a walled-off area, gated area within the churchyard, uh, in which uh, during the uh, 18th century, uh, I think five or 600 people were imprisoned. These were a group called the Covenanters, they were re- religious uh, rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were actually imprisoned there prior to deportation to the colonies. So you've probably got some over there. Uh, however, the, um, the majority of those imprisoned died uh, due to uh, exposure, malnutrition. Um, and one in particular, uh, one of the tombs in particular, was uh, said to be in ha- haunted by the poltergeist of George Mackenzie, who was the pro- chief prosecutor and government agent who was responsible for putting them there. And his poltergeist was supposed to be particularly malevolent and viciously attacked tourists and visitors to the tombs. Oh, wow. Yeah, they, actually, they get scratched and stuff like that, correct? 
They did. And what was most interesting during our visits there was the, the tourist trail, which there was there, there were nightly uh, sort of walking tours of Edinburgh, haunted Edinburgh, that culminated in um, uh, going to the Mackenzie tomb, to this dreadful place where you would be attacked by the poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lots of people were, but... Um, as in the way of all things, they were in the wrong tomb. And the reason they were always in the wrong tomb is because health and safety required that the, un- that the uneven floor of the actual um, mausoleum tomb in which the attacks had taken place uh, at the beginning was deemed unsafe uh, for members of the public to walk. So the ghost and the legend transferred to a mausoleum tomb uh, three three doors down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which <powerful>. was convenient. <laughs> How thoughtful. Now, why did they, why would they put uh, Mr. McKenzie in with the same people that he helped uh, kill, basically? Uh, well, he wasn't. A lot he, of sense he, to me. George McKenzie was actually in a very elaborate mausoleum that's uh, in a separate part of the, kirk- uh, mm-hmm. the churchyard. Uh-huh. Um, and the story goes that at some point in the 1980s, uh, I believe a tramp um, fell through trying to seek shelter from the inclement Scottish weather, uh, was, was seeking refuge inside the, the tomb of George McKenzie when he fell through the floor into a pile of bones. Oh. Um, and disturbed the pot, the, disturbed the spirit of Mackenzie, who then transferred to uh, the Covenanters prison, which is about uh, 50 yards away. Uh, oh, I from see. His, his very elaborate uh, mausoleum. Ah, all right. So, okay. but having spent several um, many nights there, um, I, I've not actually experienced anything myself. So, I guess. <laughs> I, I felt a little disappointed. We we stood in the corner where people had been, you know, claimed to have been scratched and attacked and fainted and horrifically abused by this poltergeist. And not one of our party on any of the visits ever was uh, um, had any untoward experiences, which was a great shame. Hmm. So there you go. All right. Well, that that neither proves anything or disproves anything. Not at all, but it was an interesting night, uh, interesting series of nights, and an interesting location. In fact, our our mutual friend Richard Felix joined us on one particular occasion um, during one of the ghost fests that were hosted by uh, by the city. Hmm, interesting. Awesome. Does it happen then either? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ian, I mean, you've been doing this for so many years, and. Uh, You've taken so many pictures. Have you ever picked up anything paranormal in any of the photographs you've taken? You know, I honestly have not. I sincerely wish that I could tell you yes, but I have never caught anything, you know, on the uh, occasional wild animal, um, Mm -hmm. anything paranormal. And, of course, I'm out, you know, I'm out in the middle of the daytime, so... Mm -hmm. I mean, I know stuff can happen anytime, but um, no, I not that I can say. I wish I could. Yeah, it's it's interesting because um, 
you know, most people think, oh, everything happens at night. That's when ghosts appear. But the ghosts uh, have been seen, and quite a few of them have been seen. I would say the majority have been seen in the daytime. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which well, can can one of you guys um, give me the one of was it the famous Chicago cemetery where a very notable ghost photograph oh, of yeah, the lady yeah. um, was seated upon the tomb? Yeah, but that, you know what that that story, although it's it's very famous for Chicago, it's in many many other cities as well. You're talking about Resurrection Mary. Uh, I'm talking about very much cemetery. A very ethereal picture, a picture of a uh, of a lady in drapes, um, sitting, sort of in a state of thought on the side of a tomb. I think it was Chicago. Right. Yeah. That's it's uh, very very famous photograph that I recall. I can't help you there. (laughs) I I wish I knew. I can I can uh, I can uh, Google it up here, but. I, I mean, I absolutely know the story of Resurrection Mary, and, and you know, it's quite famous. In fact, it's in my book, Goes Today. Uh, but it's, you know, that same story plays out in many other cities and many other towns where, uh, you know, a, a hitchhiker is picked up and they take her to a dance and, uh, you know, they dance with her and then they ask to drive home and then she disappears or be asked to be left off in the cemetery and then just disappears. Uh, and then they go find her sweater, and it's on the grave. Uh, and uh, there's many many variations of it, but yes. it's basically the same story. Definitely, yep, yep. So is that an urban legend, or is it really based on some type of truth? That's what we don't know, and which makes it intriguing. <laughs> well, I'm rapidly googling the picture now because it's a very famous photograph that's appeared in many, many books. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to find the details. I recall a picture. Just, I just don't recall the details, although I do believe it was uh, taken in Illinois mm-hmm. uh, in, in one of the Chicago cemeteries. So um, it is a very, very famous photograph, though. Yeah, uh, Nathan says uh, Bachelor Grove Cemetery. That's the Resurrection Mary uh, Cemetery, but I think it was on Archer Road is the road that runs across from the cemetery. Ah, okay. But cheers, Nathan. But, All right. Well, we don't know if that's the same one you're talking about. That's still the thing. <laughs> you know, we're unaware of this photograph you're talking about, so unfortunately. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about Wikipedia? Does that does that help anybody? <laughs> no, that's that's like. Uh, I'm sorry, I found it. I found it. It's the Bachelor's, Bachelor's Grove photograph. Oh yeah, uh, legend that's, that's resurrection Mary. Illinois is very haunted due to victims of a murder having been dumped there by gangsters founded in 1864. Because there's the music, which means we have to leave. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and our special guest Ann Carrigan right here on Tojinet Pararex, Planet Paranormal, Astronet, uh, wherever the hell else. We're and anyone else that Back us. after the following messages. Hey, listen, high atop of Nuns Hill in Groveland stands the Chapel of the Little Missionary Sisters of Charity in Vesey Memorial Park. This serene scene will be the location for one of the most extraordinary events ever to be held. For three days and two nights, these sacred grounds will host the realm of Dan Brown's best-selling novels, Angels and Demons, and The Da Vinci Code. As part of the event, like in the novels, you'll become a symbolologist and follow a set of clues on your own quest to find a missing relic. 
and there's so much more. Costume Dining with the Dead, a conclave, a Da Vinci ghost hunt, red light seance, workshops and presentations, a papal death mask, a replica of the Shroud of Turin, and speakers like Keith Johnson from Ghost Hunters, Steve Parsons from the UK, psychic artist Nancy Smith, and Ron Kolick from Ghost Chronicles, and many others. Go to NewEnglandGhostProject.com, that's NEGhostProject.com, or CirclesOfWisdom.com for more information and to purchase tickets, or call 978-455-6678. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Of go the the I would say the chief host of Ghost Chronicles, the Next Generation, the Blonde Bombshell, and Kerrigan, and Tripper over in cemeteries, I guess, um, and the main host, uh, the other host, Ron Van Helsing, New England's very own ghost hunter. There you go. Anyway. Anyway, it was indeed, before the break, we were talking about, I was trying to find out about this ghost photograph, this one that I've seen many, many times. It's called the Madonna of Bachelors Grove Cemetery, taken in 1991 by members of the Ghost Research Society. Um, it's in the Rubio's Woods Forest Preserve in Middle Ovian, Illinois, um, reputed to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the United States. Sure uh, this, this was uh, taken... Um, so, by one of the investigators. Nice. And it appears over and over and over again in all of the sort of uh, ghost photos, famous ghost photos, uh, alongside the brown lady of Rain, them, and all of the other crazy, weird, 
mad. You know what? I've never a goat support on tape, which I've never, is a I've big segue that. to dining with dead. Yes. <laughs> this is a link he missed it. Absolutely. You, you see, the trouble with Ron is he interrupts before I ever get to the segue. This is true. This is true. Ron. So now anyway, so uh, what now she's talking about is, of course, <laughs> Ann Carrigan and I will be hosting him in East Bridgewater this year at the uh, Standish. Ye old Standish Grove. Route 18, East Bridgewater, Massachusetts, October 1st, 7 p.m. Be there, pizza, and Steve Parsons, and Ghost Caught on Tape. And Ann and Ron for only 25 bucks. That's right. That's the best part. <laughs> so there you go. You guys go to the website, ghostproject.com, the letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com, and check it out. Anyways, uh, yeah. back, to, back to cemeteries. I mean, there are so many cool stories about cemeteries and I, I think that's what I find intriguing about them more than anything you know there's the one that's in from uh, I think it's Bermuda uh, where the coffins move by themselves all the time in the crypts and that's you know that that's the kind of cool stuff you like to read about and it makes you go hmm, hmm. Uh, do you have moving coffins in the UK or, or of course down no, of course. Well, there are a few that have been nailed down, but uh, Borley, Borley uh, is, is probably the most famous of the moving coffins uh, within the crypt beneath Borley Church, um, the same Borley Church that's next to Borley Rectory. Um, the coffins there were supposed to move, uh, but the case you refer to in, in Bermuda, um, again, it's a very famous case. It was investigated by... Um, reputable investigators and has been uh, never satisfactorily explained to the best of my ability. People have suggested it was tidal, that you know water would come in and swish them around a bit and then go out again, uh, or that it was earthquake activity or, uh, or, or, or down to hurricanes, but nobody's really come up with a plausible explanation as to why the undead or the, uh, the dead aren't resting quietly in their mausoleums and tombs. All right. So, anyways, if you want to read more about that, you can read that. My book goes to. Is your entire book well. about cemetery? Damn, that's a good book. You know, that's that's a damn good book. You know that it's got all this stuff in it. I guess I that's should. That's such it. a cool. Well, I, you know, I'm going to have to read mine. I'll have to hang on. I'll have to lift up the coffee table though first and fish it up from underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my. <laughs> anyway. Uh, wow, it's rough here in the afternoon, isn't it? Worse. <laughs> so anyway, Stephen, you'll be over here. You'll be over here in a few days, won't you? I mean, uh, what, 10, 20, day, 20 days or something like that? When, uh, I shall be leaving two weeks tomorrow. I shall be there two weeks tomorrow, so sorry. Two weeks tomorrow, so yeah, you'll be over here to, to annoy me yeah. in person. I love it. Are you going to pick me up at the airport on time this time, not leave me stood outside? Depart yeah, arrivals maybe. for three hours. Maybe. I'll send you. Uh, I'll send the minivan. Don't you dare! <laughs> I'll have you picked up by the uh, Uber seven, drivers. A, se- a seven-hour flight in a luxurious. Uh, in previous years, it's been a seven-hour flight and a three-hour stand in the lot outside. Oh my! Well, it happens every. I'm used to it. Get a bit of fresh air. 
You should just hop on the tea and go downtown. Well, actually, funny story. Last year, the, we got in the car uh, and we're, we're headed back to um, Salisbury Beach. And um, Ron, Ron turns to me and says, which way do we go? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I pointed out that I live three and a half thousand miles away normally and have only ever been there a couple of times before. How do I know? <laughs> You're supposed to remember this, Steve, from year to I, year. Yeah, but I know it's a program at all, John. <laughs> You've been here enough. You should have this down by now. We got back, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the last time he comes, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Ah. So, uh, you know, I've done some cemetery investigating. I talked about the one in Georgia, and, of course, the, the most famous one I investigated, uh, to me anyways, was Old Hill Burial Ground in Newburyport. Uh, we can on Halloween. Uh, we did it with for the news, and uh, you know you can look inside the graves and actually see the the bones, the skulls, and and actually, I, of course, I touched it. And uh, of course, you did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. But it, it's an and that's also a cemetery I get slimed in. So uh, you get slimed. To me, that is you know a special spot in my heart. So. <laughs> I'm not going to pursue that with a question. I'm just going to leave that one to sort of wither. Oh, you do that. Anyways, and of all the places that you investigate, I mean, is there a, a tomb that really – well, let me ask you, the one that made you laugh, and I think I'm going to know the answer to this one. One that made me laugh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, that would be the one down in um, Oneida. No. Not uh, on it. It's down in New York. Syracuse. Syracuse Cemetery. It's uh, Maplewood Cemetery. I'll have to. I would have to jump in my Oak, Oakdale. Is it? No. Oak. Oak. Nope. Ah, whatever. It's Oak. Oak. <laughs> something. Oak Maple. It's a tree. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's right it's next to the University of Syracuse. Yes. And, the one with uh, all the headless statues. Oh, yeah. I've never seen so many headless statues in my life. And I can only assume that, you know, there's a lot of heads in the uh, in the in the uh, dorms. But anyways, uh, we were wandering around and came upon this particular gravestone. And um, I don't know who's going to say it, Ron, me or you? Not me. (laughs) It's a family Um, after hour. Let's just say it referred to a certain anatomy. Male hen. Hmm? Male hen. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Very good. And uh, Ron and I both saw it and started running for it. (laughs) Sorry. uh, Can we uh, um, stop there? Just repeat the last sentence you said, Anne. (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> I'm sure you just said Ron and I started to run for it there. Yeah. Yeah. Ron? Yeah. Yes. Ran for it. Yes, not from it. <laughs> ran to it. <sighs> oh, to it. Oh, it's okay. To it, not away from it. Oh, I, I, thought we, picture. I, I thought we were running the opposite direction. Oh. No, no, nice try, Steve. No, no. Nice day. So, so he was inspired by Ghostbusters then. 
Yeah, that's it. But anyways, yeah. I mean, that was the last time that Ian and I went cemetery trip. We came across an unusual stone about a man who was murdered. Do you remember that epitaph, Dan? Oh, oh, God. Put me Just on the para- You can paraphrase it. Um, or make it up. Yeah, one of those. And it doesn't matter. We don't have any listeners. You can say anything on this show. Well, I know, right? The one that was he was poisoned. Um, no, the one that was the guy was hung. He became. He was one of the early stones in the in the graveyard. The guy was his. He was murdered by a. Oh, forget it. I can't. I'm not. It's um, what cemetery? Just tell whatever. Me. Whatever. The last. Yeah, we back, last time uh, we went cemetery, we came across this really cool stone, and it, and you know, a lot of stones just have like you know, Bond died, whatever, and and this one was really interesting because it went into a, a whole story about this man, how he was an, a farmer, an early settler, and uh, no, he was a uh, in Rutland, and uh, yes, and he was murdered uh, on his own. He wasn't hung. Whatever. Yeah. That's where you're confusing me. Yeah, we were out in Rutland. Um, go, we were going to the um, the Rutland prison camp investigation, and we went to the old Rutland cemetery. This is what we talked about in the Women Haters Club, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, Rutland Cemetery. I'd have remembered. Right. Well, the the stone said that he was murdered on his own property by an Irishman. Damn Irish. Damn those Irish. Anyways, that was the stone that we're talking about. Ron had me thrown off the course here with somebody who yeah. got hung. You and the Irishman the was hanging hung. Tree. He was, that's the thing we couldn't find out because you actually did some research on it. And I did. Yes. Oh, he was supposed to be. The, so they arrested the, the, uh, the uh, Irishman. Mm-hmm. Who who shot and killed him on his own land, and they sent him off to prison. He was supposed to hang. He got the death penalty, and no one. They cannot find any record that he was ever executed for this crime. So, uh, no one knows what happened to him. Whether he died in prison, whether he got out of prison, maybe they hung him and got him mixed up with somebody else. I don't know. But that was a crazy. Stone. Yeah, it was it was interesting because, like I said, it went into a whole story on the on the thing, which was was pretty cool. Now you've come across a lot of graves of young children, and some of them are really sad. Uh, is there one particularly that touched your heart? Oh, a lot, a lot. The kids kill me. Um, there's and sometimes you'll see graves. And the children, they just lose them one after another, after another, after another. And sometimes they rename, they they would say they would lose little Johnny. And then the wife would get pregnant, have another baby. um, And they'd name that one, you know, little Johnny um, or or whatever. So I, I think that was a that was a a Puritan thing. I see that on a lot of Puritan stones. Yeah. The renaming See, that, of- that was their mistake. They didn't realize the name was cursed. So. It's, yeah, it's just not a good idea. Um, but um, actually, you know, the ones that get me the most 
are the newer stones that actually, because of the technology now we have in gravestones, where you can actually have a picture uh, etched, laser etched into the stone of the child. And, uh, oh, God, those, those really get you because you've got this really, really lifelike kid in front of you and it, it, it just hits you in the gut. Um, but so, so many, and, and they used to have, um, picture stones with a little porcelain, um, inset in the stone. And I remember in one particular cemetery out, it was actually in the Rutland area. It was, of, um, in Brookfield and it was two little brothers who must've, I, I, they must've had some illness and they died at the same time and, and, so anything like that, to answer your question, mm-hmm. where I can right. kind of put a face with the name? Mm-hmm. I, I, I find that modern cemeteries are, I find them a little tacky, if I'm honest, compared mm-hmm. to, the, to older, older cemeteries and churchyards, because, because of what you just said, this idea, these modern tombstones, they, they sort of lack the, uh, the austereness, the... the Character. Yeah, they, they lack character. They're, they're, they're mass-produced, these laser wretch, and they, they're covered. Um, there's a, there's a, seems to be a sort of thing going on here and in the UK. Um, cemeteries, um, and I've got to say particularly children's uh, graves, mm-hmm. um, they're covered in balloons and toys and... Oh. And then, and then they get sort of left and a little bit run down, and they just look tatty. Um, and there's been, there's been in our media, there's been some controversy about, you know, because the authorities have actually stepped in and said, and, and have told the families to remove some of this um, memorabilia that they've assembled, because often you can't see the grave for the clutter. Yeah, but um, does that really matter? Who is the grave for? Is it for you to look at, or is it for the, well, the person well, ah. who, who is who is is indeed to that person that's in the well, grave. They, they should well, be able to the, do what they want. I think that's well, no, they totally can't ridiculous. Because, no, they can't because here in the UK you don't own your own grave. Um, you you buy a lease on it for a period of 99 or 199 or 299 years. Well, you don't have to worry then. You'll be um, dead by, by the time that the so, lease so, is up anyway. So at all points, the authorities, the church authority um, or, the, or the, the town council have the overall responsibility for the maintenance and also for the look um, of the churchyard or cemetery, and they have the final say. And there are there are quite strict regulations about what you can and can't uh, adorn graves with uh, to prevent this happening. Um, and there have been some instances where the where the authorities have said that is too much. You will have to remove some of it, or indeed, in some instances where they can't get hold of the family, they have removed it to the, uh, you know, and then there's there's been a sort of uproar and fuss and furore about it. Uh, But it does, you know, I I love going to old churchyards. I love going to old cemeteries because they are a place of calm and quiet, and uh, you see all you, you see all of this clutter. Well, the, once again, the graveyard's not for you. It's for those people that, that well, isn't you know, have someone for the living. 
It's it, it's does. for the the ones that mean someone to just because you, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but I I have family in graveyards too, and graveyards are places for the living, not the dead. That's where the dead. Yeah, that's where we dispose of them. Right. Being, you know, being sim- you know simplistic and mechanic mechanistic about it, that's where we dispose of them. But the graveyard and the commemorative stones and all of the ornament uh, ornamentation is for the living. Um, and exactly. Does, that's what I'm you saying. Have, well, you do have to be respectful of the wishes of the other people, and you know you. Oh, can't this just... is like one of those neighborhood associations to tell <laughs> you what color you have to paint your freaking well, house. Over yeah, here, kiss over my here. butt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, come over here and say that. But, uh, you know, when you see some of these modern sort of uh, memorials, they are, Snob. frankly, a little tacky. They can be. Snob. I can be. Can I talk real quick before we have to know we have to leave soon about a grave that you said touched yeah, me? Yeah, but what, what, let me just finish this one thing. It, it tends to be... Uh, you, you talked about the, uh, you know, as a modern thing, and that's what it is, because we have uh, uh, roadsides tributes that grow the same way with lots of tributes. Yeah, and you, you're a witness to that as well. So it, that's just the, the sign of the times. I mean, I'm sure it will pass as well. So anyways, go ahead, Ann. So recently I was at uh, Riverside Cemetery, which is in Barrie, Massachusetts, and there is a grave there set all apart off by itself, uh, the Narramore grave. And I think I've talked on this about this um, uh, on a show, one of our live shows. But the Narramore grave, um, the woman uh, killed, she murdered her, her six children um, because they were desperately poor and her kids were going to be taking care of her, the, the, the wife murdered her children and attempted to take her own life. However, she did not succeed. So, Oops. yeah. Um, so this grave is for the six Narramore children. And the husband was condemned by the community because he um, did not provide for his family and he was a drunk and he should have prevented the tragedy. So they left... Um, the wife was tried and found not guilty by reason of insanity. And then they basically left town, were never heard from again. So the children are buried in this, this Narramore grave um, out. And it's literally, quite literally, in the middle of the woods. Um, so just a little alert, little uh, tragic tale. And that is one that I ran across. And I specifically went to the cemetery to find that grave. And it's covered. If you look at the pictures on my cemetery tripping for Riverside Cemetery, it's covered with toys and books and everything. So mm-hmm. that's the, one of the saddest things I have ever seen. Anyways, uh, we, we also got to visit, and we talked about this in la- last week in our live show, the, the grave of the stigmata. And yeah. stigmata, and you know, people, uh, you know, they they go there to, I don't know, feel comfort, find comfort from it, and and it's just a very simple grave itself. And uh, I know I I left a a dollar there, right? Well, half or a dollar, I got the other half. Half a but cheapskate. <laughs> I'll collect it when I die. Yes. Okay. No, I'm going to collect it next time I go back there with you. What? We'll see if it's still there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That was uh, that's what I was thinking. 
So anyways, uh, you know, graves are fascinating, and you have the old graves, which are very, very cool. And, and I know you've done so much work on the symbolism and so forth. And then we have the garden cemeteries, which are, you know, beautiful in their own right. I mean, those are the, you know, the Beacon Hill uh, cemeteries that, that are so gorgeous that, you know, you know that they're all try to outdo each other. Right? Uh, exactly. Exactly. There are the mausoleums. I mean, it's just amazing statuary. I, I love a good garden cemetery. There's one in Lowell and then you have Mount Auburn in, in Cambridge and uh, Hope Cemetery in Worcester. Springfield Cemetery, I, I just, there's so many uh, that I have yet to see, and um, I love statuary, so it's right up my alley. <laughs> mm-hmm. And do you find the, the modern, you don't find the modern statuary, I mean, well, Steve, let's, that's an interesting one, because I bet you if Steve is right and he's saying you only lease the graves, you couldn't possibly have these huge statuary like we have in the U.S. Is that well, right, Steve? No, um, far from it. Um, we have some absolutely massive memorials uh, here. The, the, uh, again, that seems to have died off because of regulations and because of simply because of space, because the U.K. is obviously physically much smaller than the USA. Um, and we're having a bit of a crisis over here about what to do with the dead because we, we've f- filled up our cemeteries many, many times over. If you look to the sort of 19th century and before, you, we have some extraordinary memorials and monuments. Uh, some of them, we have pyramids, we have uh, motor cars in stone, we have all manner oh. of gigantic mausoleums and uh, memorials. But they are very much out of fashion. I mean, A, they're hugely expensive undertaking uh, these days to, to manufacture. But the primary problem we have now is one of space. And there's a big debate going on over here in the UK about regulating what to do with uh, the bodies, whether you should force people to cremate or whether you should allow burial. And we have a modern movement for burying them in, in forests, um, creating forest land. By sticking, uh, by sticking the dead in a, under a tree uh, or burying them in wicker baskets and plastic bags and uh, landfill sites and all manner of dumps. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what about disease and things like that? Although we're embalmed now, so we're be cremated. Everybody well, gets burned up. Uh, yeah, I, I get I mean, you know, we, we, have, we are physically, you know, tiny by comparison to the united states and we have to deal with this problem and it, it's a debate that's that's been ongoing now for about 10 years in the uk um so we don't have these massive mausoleums and memorials that we used to have and that are still so you know so commonly found mm-hmm. right so that's that was the doorbell, which means pizza from the dead is here, so we've got to wrap it up. Uh, well, it's and international. Shouldn't it be tea from the dead? What's that? Shouldn't it be tea from the dead if we're international? No, I don't think so. No? Oh. Yeah, nice try, though. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, go back to your own show, okay? Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. I can see I'm not welcome here. 
Yeah, anyway. So, uh, Steve, it'll be uh, 20 days or so, and you will be here, or two weeks, or whatever the hell it is. And, uh, you know, we've got a bunch of stuff planned for you, including Spirit Quest, where, and you will be doing a presentation on cemeteries, I believe. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Absolutely. Angels and Death is my theme. Yes, and so I'm looking forward to that, and Steve will be over doing some stuff that he's not even sure about yet. So that'll be fun. After having after having worked so hard to get all of the stuff done, Ron drops <laughs> bombshell on me. I've changed all your talks. No, of course. Of course he has. Yeah. Just like... Like I've got nothing better to do with my life for the next. So two anyways, weeks. check out my website and you'll see where Steve will be uh, when he comes over here. Go to and then you can tell me. Indiegoatsproject.com. Go to my website and you will find out where you will be, Steve, when you come over here. Go to anyghostproject.com and you can see your whole agenda, Steve. Well, sort of, except the stuff that's not on there. That's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which is most of it, probably. <laughs> so tune in tomorrow night when Ian and I will be. Uh, Talking about uh, haunted hospitals and asylums. And, you, know, well, that you, won't, you might, you might not be. If she listens to that podcast from the show from. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to that as soon as I get home. <laughs> Good idea. So, anyways, there's a tune. And thank you for joining us. Thank you all for listening. See you Steve, soon, it's always a pleasure. I can't wait till you get here. Thank you. Bye, Steve. I love you. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Ron, you almost. You almost made that sound sincere then. <laughs> almost. Steve, I love you too, baby. Almost. <laughs> Good night. God bless. Like a bless. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.